you can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price of participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Hi there. I'm talking over the music once again. Sorry, folks, I've been having some problems recording today. For some reason, my audio is cutting out, but this is Jim the Keys bartender. I don't know how long this is going to record. It looks like I last for a couple minutes and it just shuts down. I don't know what the reason is for that, but I'm hoping to resolve it. This is episode 513. I'm getting ready to go to work in about an hour. So if I can't record this, I don't know what's... I don't know, probably work on it tomorrow. So how are you today? I'm doing great. I wanted to, I'm, This is the third time that I recorded this. I'm going to look at this and see why this shuts down automatically. Why is it shutting down? Who knows? You know, it's one of those things. You know I'm not an expert on technology. I just know how to do podcasts from, that's the reason I don't edit I'm having a hard time doing a recording. It doesn't make me an asshole, right, Tina? You're an asshole! Well, I guess I am an asshole. Look at me. So, I have... I'm trying to work out to get this guy, Jimmy, on the show. And I'm hoping to do it next Friday. And I'm hoping... I'm able to figure out what this glitchiness is going on. I'm going to have to use a different broadcast setup than I normally do and hope this doesn't cut out it's just it's just weird how it cuts out after four or five minutes and uh, Jimmy is our friend who's lived down here for years and years and years uh, even though he's not a local he's originally from St. Louis but he's in his 70s he's been down here plenty plenty long enough and Jimmy has some interesting views on the shape of the earth about Freemasonry, the Illuminati, anti-vax theories, and um, every female broadcaster on ESPN who he thinks is a man, is are men. So that'd be really interesting. And every time Jimmy comes in, he lays off some of his stories with me, some interesting ones. He'll mention the people drinking blood, to stay younger and all that stuff. And I tell them, that's, I don't use their blood. I just use their skin. I just take their skin and not the blood. But he says it's Hollywood people doing that. And what was the new one? Oh, he has a hard time. A new thing he told me yesterday was 
Dire Straits. The band Dire Straits play uh, Money for Nothing, the song Money for Nothing. He He's pissed off at that song. And I said, you know, Dire Straits is making a parody of it, what people say to them or said to them something like almost 40 years ago or 30 years ago. I think the song was 30 years ago um, or 30 I'm not going to quibble over the time. It's maybe 1985, so 36 years ago. Money for Nothing, it, it was uh, play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. Uh, that's the way to do it. You know, something like that. Uh, how musicians don't really have to do anything to make money. And Jimmy's a musician, and he was taking offense to that. And I said, Dire Straits was kind of making fun of people's views that look at these people. They don't really do anything to achieve this fame and money. And they, they're they famous, and they get all these women and, and, and shit like that. So he was laying that on, to, on me. And I go, oh, oh, that's interesting. So it was a new thing, which was refreshing. It's refreshing to get a new uh, conspiracy theory. It really is. I enjoy them. And this one that uh, I came up with one about, I told him about the story of a Soviet experiment where they sent chickens into deep space. They were sending it towards what they thought was a an anomaly. And that's a problem when you're talking to Jimmy because Jimmy says there's no such thing as space. Because it's flat earth. There's nothing up there. It's just the, the flat earth. And that, But I'm, I'm going through it. And I said, the Soviets sent a, a, a probe to a black hole. And the chickens went back in time. And they landed on a planet millions of years before. And they evolved into a super intelligent race of chickens. And now they're technologically advanced. And that's those UFO sightings people have been seeing. The military has been seeing off the East Coast. Or chickens. The chickens coming home to roost. And Jimmy says to me, how come every time I tell you something, you come back with some crazy shit? And I said, you got two guesses. And the whole thing, two guesses, and the first one doesn't count. So I said, well, listen, can't I come up with my own theories? He goes, "This, these things I'm talking about, the flat earth and all that stuff, when he says it, these are real things. And I said, oh, okay, so I can't, you can spout your things, but I can't spout my things. He says, you're making it up. And I said to him, I said, I believe you're not making your stuff up, but I believe the people that told you made it up. Okay? So I left it at that. And uh, I asked him right after that, and said, hey, Jimmy, you still want to come on the show? Maybe next Friday when I come back. I am getting ready to go to uh, Baltimore, flying into Baltimore. We had some business to do up in Washington, D.C. And then we're going to go to Baltimore or north of Baltimore to visit uh, my family and my father in Dover. So uh, hopefully that works out well. And I want to talk a little later about how airline travel has, air travel has changed recently. It changed recently, but it's really been a drastic change over the last 40 years. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, I've been 
Once again, I think it was two years ago, we were talking about robot bartenders, robot servers, and it's just a matter of time. Well, there they are. Since COVID, a lot of service workers have left. There's supposedly millions of people not in the workforce right now, but there's plenty of jobs. So a lot of restaurants or certain restaurants that make sense, I get guessed, have introduced robot servers. And their servers, uh, they're not the typical robots you see in movies. They're robots like uh, on wheels, and they have trays or compartments where they can put the food, and I think the people remove them. So it's kind of almost like a cafeteria style, where I guess in the kitchen, they'll put the tray and the plates on the robot, and then the, the patron takes their food off when it comes up. So that's going to be interesting. I mean, it's kind of a novelty item. It's great. It'd probably be really good at a place like one of those theme restaurants at Disney for like Star Wars. You know, kind of like an R2. They're kind of like really lame-ass RTDT. The lamest robots you'd ever seen. Just They look like a white traffic cone with cut-ins so you could put trays in. You probably can Google and see... Uh, Robot servers. And I I hesitate to say robot waiters and waitresses because, first of all, there's really no sex to them. You can make a gender out of a robot. Why would you do that? I don't get it. Why would you make a robot into a gender unless you're, you have another ulterior, ulterior motive? You know, Because obviously you can't sexually harass a robot. I guess maybe you can. That would be a that would be an interesting line of study for the legal world to get out for harassment. People say, "Well, they're they're harassing me and things like that." But there's a lot of things that are going to have to change with robot servers or automated servers, whatever you want to call it, because people expect when you see robot, it's supposed to be a robot that looks like a human. You know, with two legs, arms, which is kind of inefficient. It's kind of efficient if you think about trying to get around in the world we live in, having two legs and two arms to walk around in the tight areas, the way we built the world we live in or the the structures we live in. It kind of makes sense to have that kind of body where you have the two legs and stuff. And since the people that are designed like that, i.e. humans, design restaurants and homes and places you know you have steps and things like that obviously if humans were mainly upper body all upper body like strength wise like uh, like our close cousins the monkeys there would probably be a lot more instead of steps a lot more um, rings and swings where you just climb up using your hands right Maybe, maybe that's just a thought, but there's going to have to be a new kind of etiquette design for the robots. You know how you address them, whether you ignore them. I, you know, there's some people that are going to be perfectly suited for that. They already ignore the servers. I have people that come up to the bar and they come up and they're talking and they'll just ignore you. And you know, when it's busy, I don't, I don't really take offense 
sometimes is busy and I only have a certain amount of time, then I'll do something for about six minutes and I won't come back. And they'll say, you've been gone for a half hour. And I go, no, no, it wasn't. You were just in the middle of a conversation. You weren't available when I was available. Now, when you're ready, I'm not ready. So some of the things... I don't think robots are going to really be offended. They're going to stand there all, you know, all night. I'm sure they'll probably have a thing. You're going to stand there for one minute. If the people don't talk to you, go to the next table. That'll probably be an algorithm that they write. But some of the things will be, would you tip? No, you don't tip. You may, may tip the kitchen, but you don't tip the uh, robot server. Maybe someday there could be a movement for that. How do you address your robot server? You know, just say whatever its name is. A robot, I need a tea bag. Or can I have water with lemon and Splenda? You know, for those assholes that make their own lemonade. Apologize to you assholes that make your own lemonade. Um, How do you send food back? With a robot. So, oh, this isn't this isn't the hamburger I ordered. I ordered it on a gluten-free bun. And this bun does not look gluten-free. So how do I send it back? Uh, how do you not offend your robot server? You know, don't don't tell them any Terminator jokes or you know. Lost in space jokes, shit like that. What do you do if your robot server gets rude? You know, what if they start, you know, getting in your space, just won't leave and just sit there listening and won't go away when you're having a private conversation? How do you do that? How do you keep your robot server from having illicit relations with like your robot floor cleaner? The industrial Roomba, right? Because you can see maybe if they do make them, if they give them that kind of thing, maybe they'll be fucking around and shit like that, doing shit in the back that a lot of you know servers do. And and then people probably invariably say, "What about robot bartenders?" And then if someone asked me about that, I would just say, "No need to discuss robot bartenders because they've been replacing bartenders since early 2020. The COVID-19 vac, you know, epid, uh, pandemic was orchestrated just because they wanted to replace the bartenders, and all the ro- uh, bartenders are lifelike robots." I got to tell that to Jimmy right now. That'll be a good one. I said, Jimmy, you notice how everyone's different slightly? Look at me. Look, I lost weight and stuff like that. I'm. It'll be an interesting topic for conversation. I'll try that out today. If they if they're not listening to the show right now, I don't think I don't think Jimmy knows how to listen to a podcast right now. Maybe he does, and maybe he'll come back and say, "I do know how to listen to a podcast." You get those people and says, how's your blog? How's your blog? And just like my friend up in Philadelphia who called, accused me of being a uh, Biden-supporting libtard, um, Biden-supporting libtard, gay radio boy. And I have to tell him, I, I didn't have a problem with the other things, but radio boy it'd be podcast and that, like I said before it'd be podcast boy so get your get your story straight when you're insulting someone and I'm not insulted 
<clears throat> well, I mean, I wish, you know, sometimes I wish when people suggest your blog, I say, well, first of all, you're not reading my blog because I don't have a blog. And, you know, if you don't know the difference between a blog and a podcast, I'm like, not even, well, how do I find it? I said, well, first, you're going to have to figure out computers. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. If you don't know what a podcast is yet, it's really hard to get that. Oh, while I remember this, and and if I can, on my last show, I made a, uh, a plea. And I'm going to do this in the middle of the show. I'm not asking for any money or anything like that. If you really like the show, if you really want it to be vibrant, new, and I'm always going to try to do episodes. Don't worry about that. But I can do more things if I have more downloads. I need. I've I've asked for. I've asked for reviews. I appreciate your reviews. I appreciate your listens. But if I can get as many downloads as possible, if you if you have a device, you can download every episode too. And I know I'm asking for a lot. And you could delete it after you've downloaded them. You could. So there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. There's 500 and there's 513 episodes. There's probably 520, 525. There's a bunch of un, un uh, numbered episodes. So if I can get like every week, get like 10 listeners to download the whole library, I think that would get us, you know, especially on iTunes and Spotify. If I can get a shitload of downloads, let's try this experiment. This is a call to action for my my uh, listeners. Download those episodes. Once I get a, a bunch of those downloads, they'll raise my rankings, especially my foreign listeners. I got my local ones. I like those. I like people. My people in Key Largo. Anybody in Key West. I need some Key West listeners. Not a lot of people. It's interesting. I could get like people, 12 people in Taiwan to listen, but trying to get 12 people in Key West. But I get Key Key Largo, Amarada, Miami, all that stuff. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. But the more you download, the bigger the rank. And it would be great. It would just be great. We'll just be much more dynamic. And then I'd be able to show to, and people say, sponsors of, you know, becoming said, well, look at all those downloads. Maybe I can advertise on a show. It's going to be big. And then people say, hey, the guy's getting his listeners to do all as many downloads. Well, so what? The more, you know, it's like the chicken or the egg. I'm not referring to the last story about the technologically advanced chickens. I'm just talking about the chicken and the egg. The more downloads, I get more listeners exposed to more people. It's kind of like, our type of sex tape that gets people notoriety. So all you need is a bunch of you to download. And let's try this experiment. Try this experiment. See what happens to the show. I won't change the content unless you contact me at jimandkeysbartender.com. I just need to, you know, to hear from you. And if you request something, I'd be happy to do it if I can, if it's within my power. Okay, getting back to the normal stuff. Today, I'm getting ready for work. Before I get to work, the wife goes and says, listen, you got to go into the den. you got to start clearing out that desk. And I went in there. And it's amazing 
as you get older, the things that seem important and then the other things that aren't important. Some of the things that aren't important, there was a bunch of old cables and it's older technology. And I think, boy, I don't, I still have some of these MP3 players that I don't really have the old charger for anymore. You know, some of the, there's, there's a million different chargers. And I think in the EU is, is starting to mandate that cell phones have the same connectors, which is total bullshit. Like, think of the outlets in your house, how they are, electrical outlets. Imagine if there was 15 different types of outlets you can plug into, and you'd have to have a plug for each one of them. Well, that's cell phones. I understand making something, uh, you know, more product-specific, but not for a charger. It's like gasoline. Every uh, gas nozzle fits into every gas tank. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple exceptions, but by and large, every car can take gasoline at every pump. So why isn't that the difference? You know, you can change whether it's a fast charger or not. You could do all sorts of things. iPhones are the first that tried to control that. They got rid of their the plugs for head, headsets, so, you know, they don't want people plugging into their phones. I guess they can plug in with a headset with a special plug that goes into the charger port. But I think it's total bullshit. So I was throwing out power cords and stuff like that. Um, what else do you throw out? You know, how many pens you collect, how many business cards. And for businesses, I'm thinking right now, for the businesses I'm still doing, uh, tax items. I've organized that. Medical records. I found that birth certificate, photos, interesting photos, uh, some of them from almost 40 years ago when I was a midshipman on a sail trip in the Navy uh, when we sailed up the East Coast. I was trying to remember all the names of people, and then I started realizing, I better write some names on the back of these pictures because someday people will say, when was this taken? Who are these people? Blah, 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 blah. So I started writing on the back, if people are looking at them, right? Who looks at pictures anymore? Normally they're scanned, right? Undeveloped rolls of film. There is the thing. Undeveloped rolls of film. I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not my film. I think it's my wife's ex-husband. And I'm sure it's pictures of uh, my stepdaughter and a lot of that. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm saving them and I'm thinking, how long can you keep those? So they're at least seven, eight, maybe 10 years old. They're at least that because he passed away about seven, eight, no, eight years ago. So that would have to be. Um, but it's, it's interesting how important pictures become. And you just think, oh, man, I could just scan all these. Should I scan all these pictures? What are you going to do? Just keep them? You're going to keep a photo? Is it going to be photo albums? Right now, you could put on virtually unlimited amount of photos onto a device. Oh, and the little thumb drives. I've been saving the thumb drives, too. Because there's pictures on the thumb drives. You think about it, because of the ease of taking a picture and being able to generate the image on a computer device or a cell phone or 
electro, you know, uh, electronic display on smart TVs, on smart frames, and things like that. The ability to do that has allowed people that when they go and take pictures, they could take 100 pictures in a day. You'd never take 100 pictures years ago. You, I mean, you would sometimes, like at a wedding, you take a couple hundred photos and you do it on film and you make sure that you, some guys would, uh, I know photographers, they would use two cameras just in case the, no, no, yeah, you didn't know when you were taking the pictures whether the photos were good or not. You didn't because you were taking on film. There's no picture. But nowadays with the way you can see the picture, you can see if it's in focus, do this, do that. You can download it. Before, they used to have backups. They'd have two different cameras and they start taking these different ones just in case one of the cameras just took a shit. And some of the photos I had from 40 years ago, I had taken it on a sailboat for however long. It was four weeks we were sailing and or five weeks. And the lens, it, uh, moisture got on the inside of the lens. So it's all foggy and stuff like that. You didn't know. You didn't know at the time. You couldn't tell when you're looking through the camera. I mean, I guess you could. There, there was called the SLR, single lens reflective, where you get to see through the lens that the photo is being imaged on. Because when you're looking through some of these other cameras, you're looking through a viewport, and the viewport is separate. And then lens, you see the lens in the se- the center. Nowadays, people are looking at what are you talking, what the fuck are you talking about? I take, all the pictures I take are with my cell phone now, right now. Yeah, they used to have, used to take a picture, you'd go and look through the viewfinder and try to match it up, and you'd hope that it was a good picture. If you had the right f-stop and the right exposure and shit like that, it was really interesting. Then it wasn't it, pho, pho, photography. Really, if you think about it, didn't advance for like over a hundred years until Polaroid did it, where you could get it in a minute you can get a photo to come out. Not a very particular good one, but it would develop when it popped out of a camera. And then you had the Instamatic and all that stuff. But it, it didn't really change that much until you were able, after sometime after, right before 2000, when these people started using, uh, you know, they were just electronically capturing the images. That's where the real change happened, where you can actually see the image after you did it and you see that, oh, okay, I got it. Before, you didn't know until you took it to the developer. So yeah, I was cleaning out all that stuff and I had a shitload of electronics, shitload of papers and stuff like that organized. I ended up getting one drawer done, one big file drawer done, which, you know, small steps, you know, was it small, small strikes bring back, then small hits or small chops bring down a mighty oak. That took me a while to say that. Okay, I told you I was traveling this Monday. I want to finish up with this. It is amazing the changes in the last 30 years. If you think about how drastically it changed in less than 20 years. 9-11, we have all the security enhancements, all the imaging, metal detectors, x-rays, the conveyors, TSA in the United States, 
you know, and in different airports around the world. Uh, so there's 9-11, then you had Richard Reeves, a shoe bomber, so you had to take the shoes off and stuff like that. And then you had COVID-19. And that changed everything. We got the mask, and you got, for international travel, coming back in the United States, you show it, you know, currently they show a test within, that was taken within three days of travel. And not only that, the difference in air travel. When I first started traveling, when I was in my, I was a preteen, I was 11, 10 or 11 when I first started flying. And I recall that they used to feed you almost on every flight and people smoked on the planes. They smoked. You could smoke on a plane. They had an ashtray. Some of the ashtrays were built into the armrest of the uh, chairs. And, oh, my God, that was, it just smelled like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like inside of a truck cab of a smoker, you know, just smoking and food and peanuts and farts and smoke and booze. And nowadays, you know, they did have the first class. You had the better food and all that stuff in the first class and better drinks. But you still got drinks and food in in the economy section. And, you know, the, another thing that didn't change, at least, that the planes aren't necessarily much safer than they were before. I mean, I guess they have. You know, I guess they have more computer-controlled items where they supposedly the planes can f- practically fly themselves nowadays. I mean, pretty soon they probably could do assisted landings without having to have it too much inner, you know, interaction with the pilot, but who knows? I don't want to find that out when they start using that. I'd rather them tell me, oh, we've been doing that for five years. I haven't been, I haven't touched the yoke, which is the steering wheel. I haven't touched the yoke in years or the thrust. We just put it in, we stand there, and we just, we sit there and we just wait. So, no, that's not necessarily true. I still, I'm pretty sure they, they still do it. So, but right now, it's just, it's so interesting when you buy a ticket. If you're not in first class and you're in economy, they sell you the ticket and that'll get you from one place to another. That'll get you from one place to another. But it won't get you what it won't get you. It won't get you a, a specific seat. It won't get you carry on luggage all the time or checked luggage because that's extra. It won't get you food. It won't get you drink. I mean, it's it's interesting because when you go up, it's it's like every time you buy a, t- a ticket, you're expecting to see hear something new, like a new thing they're offering to you, and it sounds like a you know new option. It's not a new option. They're just taking away things that were included. It, of course, in order to, you know, they. You can say, hey, listen, you could fly here for 40 bucks, but you're not going to be able to, you're going to bring a little tiny backpack, you know, and you'll sit wherever we put you. And so now they're going to start asking, will it be standing or sitting? You know, that'd be something. Do you want steerage? You know, 
will you you will you be wanting a seatbelt? That'll be an extra twenty five dollars, right? Do you want a pressurized cabin or the unpressurized cabin? Hmm. Do you want access to our in flight porta potty or this hole in the floor? Which I guess would be the pressurized cabin or unpressurized section of the cabin. Will you be traveling in the jet or on the wing? Do you want an experienced pilot or do you want some guy we just pulled off the street? Or the guy that just, just loaded your luggage? You know, there was it, it was, it was so different. And it was not only the way people dressed, the way they would arrive at the, you could arrive at the airport eight minutes before the flight takes off. You could just run. You have your ticket. You run the you the the. As long as the gates open, you can go in. Even then, sometimes it can stop you. Nowadays, you get eight minutes. You're not going to get through that security. Even with that global pass, you you got to you got to really plan ahead. You got to arrive early. The nice thing about that, and uh, I heard a comedian say it, that when you're dropping someone off, there's no option to see them take off unless at those big airports. You don't see them take off. You just, once they go through the security thing, that's it. That's all you see of them. You're not walking down there. Which is nice when it comes to being able to sit before you get, if you're in the waiting area. So we're looking forward to that. I'm hoping to be able to do a show. Maybe I'll do it over the uh, the phone. You know what's interesting? This recorder stopped recording twice for me before, and now it is going fine. So once again, this is a call to action for my listeners. Please download as, en- as many episodes as you can. Remember, after you download them, it doesn't matter what you do with them. I'd like you to listen to them. I would enjoy it if you listen to them. Be, I mean, 500 episodes. I have over maybe 450, 500 hours of content, and that works out to be how many? Said sometimes almost two weeks continuous. Two weeks of continuous listening pleasure or displeasure, depending on your your feelings about it. But I do appreciate I do appreciate everyone for listening. I appreciate the people in uh, New Jersey, my friends in New Jersey now. Uh, what's it, Riverside? Riverside, New Jersey, there was a bunch of downloads right there. I saw that. Uh, Philadelphia, North Wales, Pennsylvania, uh, Nebraska, Florida, obviously Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, uh, Towson, Washington, D.C., New York, New York City, Boston, Manchester, New Hampshire, Boston, Massachusetts, I should have said that, Lowell, Massachusetts, Chicago, Ohio, Hawaii. I don't get a lot of listeners in Hawaii. I guess that because of the keys. It's kind of ridiculous because people, you know, Hawaii is kind of like, we're kind of like Hawaii without the lava. Right? And we're connected to the mainland. You know, it's, you know, there's a, there's a, 
a road to the mainland, which is interesting. I mean, if you had a, you could have a road to mainland too from Hawaii, but that'd be, that'd be some crazy road, wouldn't it? Thousands and thousands of miles. There's a long time to, you know, before the last gas, three thousand miles to the next gas station. That'd be, you know, you need a, a solar or wind-driven car to make it. Did I tell you about that joke one time? Let me tell. Let me tell you this joke, and it's kind of sexist, but. It's not sexist, okay? It's just about understanding different genders. But it's applicable to the Hawaii thing I said. Okay, this guy is walking down the beach. Let's make it California. And he finds a old lamp. You know, the old style one. And he picks it up and he opens it up and a genie comes out. And the genie says, Hey, Thank you for releasing me. I've been in there for a while. I'm going to grant you one wish. And I goes, how about, wait, what? I thought it was three wishes. He goes, don't worry. You get one wish, but you get to wish whatever you want. So the guy says, oh, whatever I want. Oh, well, I always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I'm afraid of the water, of being in a boat, and I'm afraid of flying. It causes me great terror. Could you build a highway from California to Hawaii so I could travel there? And the genie looked at him. Are you serious? Do you know how many billions and billions and billions of yards of concrete, steel rebar, tar, it would take to build a highway across the Pacific Ocean to Hawaii? It is incredible. And I'm the genie. I'm just not, I'm not God. So, come on, make it more manageable. And guy goes, okay, okay. There's not so much building material in this next one. I'm very lonely, hence I'm walking down the beach talking to you. I would like to meet women, but the problem is I don't really understand them. Could you do something to enlighten me on the, the different things that women like, what they want, what that will make them happy? And the genie looks at him and goes, would you like that to be a two-lane or four-lane highway? Well, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, that's the one of the better jokes I know. That's I don't do jokes, obviously, but thank you. Thank you for listening, and I will be back. Let me play this music right now for you. Bye. <laughs>